Welcome to the Common Geeking Program. We are a book club style podcast where each episode we discuss a different topic from our own geeky and nerdy perspectives. I am your host, Jeff Levitt, and this week we are going to be taking a look at The Legend of Vox Machina from Amazon. Uh, this is uh, a adaptation of a part of the D&D Real Play podcast critical role, and we'll get into a bit more of the specifics specifics words of that in a bit. But uh, either way, this time around, I am joined by two fellow nerds who can introduce themselves. Uh, you want to go for maybe. <laughs> You guys can like sort that out. Uh, sure, sure, fine. God, we're... this is what happens. Yeah, we, we didn't when, discuss prior. When there's not more than one white guy on an episode, <laughs> is that <laughs> you're not just stepping on each other's toes. Yeah, we're just waiting <laughs> each other's turn. It's fine. We're we're, we're like penguins, like just kind of like at the edge, going. You you want to go first? You want to go first? Is there a lion seal in there? Uh, <laughs> uh, all right, all right. Uh, Hello, my name is Chowder. My actual name oh. is Timel. I'm singing this intro in a limerick because I feel like that be on theme. Chowder is a bard, I guess, is your <laughs> class yeah. for this for this episode. Yeah, okay. which I guess will make me your DM. I I don't know. Yeah. Um. And I hi, I'm I'm Jocelyn. If I had to pick a class, probably a druid. Sounds like a fun time. Me and Keyleth would vibe. Uh, yeah. And now, is that specific to your role on this episode? Are you going to be introducing some plants into our uh, podcast episode? I mean, I could introduce you to them. It would not, that's not a very um, auditorial experience. Right. <laughs> so, so like, we, we can just kind of know that there is a fern sitting behind Jocelyn this whole time, and you'll just have to take our word for no, it. No, there's a snake plant, but yes. Well, let's hear the snake plant's opinion, all right? He liked Critical Role. Rad. Cool. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, guys. So we're going to start off by summarizing and discussing the topic and then end with a little rating section where we decide if it was uh, worthwhile or not. So, yeah, this is a, this is kind of a fun one. Because uh, Vox Machina, or the legend of Vox Machina, uh, like I said, is an adaptation of a real play podcast, Critical Role. And part of the fun sort of like identity of Critical Role to begin with is that all of the people playing are voice actors. So they all came back and reprised their roles for this animated series on Amazon. Um, Now, before we get into that, Jocelyn. Yes, hi, hello. You actually worked on this a little bit. Oh, I did. You want to talk about like w- like what that entailed? Uh, yeah. So I was the assistant editor for Post. I should clarify, uh, because we did have another assistant who was on for animatics, uh, for the first mm-hmm. half. Um, I did a lot of really weird things on on Critical. I will I will say I actually helped build. The first initial radio plays for, like, the fourth and fifth episode way back when it was first starting, just kind of helping out because, like, a friend was out of town and they were like, can you do this? And I was like, sure. Um, And then 
we finally get around to picture where I was working with another editor, Todd. He had been kind of like my mentor at the time. And so mm-hmm. uh, he was like, hey, do you want to work on Critical with me? And I was like, yes, please. I like nerdy things in D&D. I'd like to be <laughs> on this very large project. Uh, and so I got to work with him on I'm trying to f- figure out what I'm allowed to say here. Uh, yeah, really. <laughs> um, so I did post on the episodes for season one. And I did work a little bit on other things. I believe I'm allowed to say season two exists. um yeah i'm pretty sure i'm allowed to say that i think that was part of the order when amazon picked it up they were like yeah we're gonna pay for the second season they backers paid for season one we'll pay for season two it's pretty sure how it went down which is which is kind of wild which is really interesting that like the the show was actually backer run to begin with like that was i don't know how many how many like shows especially for like amazon start out that way well so that that was the wildest thing working because like i've been in the know about the show since the Kickstarter, weirdly enough. Right, yeah. And so we would have, every so often, someone would bring up the Kickstarter on Google and be like, it's at how much now? It's it's raised <laughs> how much money now? What? What? <laughs> and so we were slowly seeing how it devolved into being, it was supposed to only be these two original first episodes. Oh my gosh. That was all it was supposed to be. <laughs> uh, it, was the, it was two episodes dedicated to, I'm pretty sure it was that arc. Um, and then when we got more money, we're like, let's do more. And those first two episodes aren't even like actually a part of the like broadcasted critical yeah, it was, podcast, it right? Was, it was part of the pre campaign. Because they start off kind of weird. They, right? they, yeah. they had done a bit of the campaign before realizing, oh, we can make this a podcast. So, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun, though. It was it was really cool. We can we can get into some of that a little bit later. Yes. Um, Out of curiosity, and, I like know, looked up if they confirmed season two or not. They did. Oh, I just <laughs> I I because I, I would have found good it good to know. I would have found it I, hilarious I, if this is where where the first confirmation of season two was. I will say for the record, I am not currently on season two. I did right. work on parts of season two while we were doing season one. Right. Uh, it's been gotcha. in a pipeline. So. I'm not currently on season two, and I cannot confirm or deny anything that is to come. Only what happened on season one. Just Fair as enough. my disclaimer. Um, but yeah, <laughs> but we can pick your brain about that a little bit later. Um, but let's actually get into summarizing the uh, the, the sort of plot here. Now, um, uh, we should also say, like, I, I don't know about the two of you. I have not listened to any critical role Uh, Just because, like, it's a really long podcast and there's really long episodes and, like, we've kind of alluded to, it starts off a little bit in the middle of something. So it's really hard to kind of find a place to to pick up from. Um, What is your guys' experience with the actual podcast itself? So my experience is just I've tried to listen to the podcast, but, like, it, it hasn't worked out simply because, like, anytime I try to listen to it, like... I'll lose my place or something, and it's yeah, it's yeah. not it's not as. <laughs> easy I will of say, a li- campaign one is not nearly as accessible as the further stuff yeah. that they do after. Yeah, I mean, even with campaign two, like on my podcast app, I spent like time looking for like season two, episode one, and yeah. just like it started at like two hundred, and I'm like, I I can't do this like if you're watching it on youtube that's one thing but i'm like oh i want to listen to it while i drive because i drive for work right Get that and YouTube i just like premium. couldn't 
find it at all. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's kind of hard. I when I first when we did the when we heard that we were doing it, I tried to look into watching it and I got very turned around and was just like, you know, I'm going to be too much into it anyway. I'll just learn it through the through doing right. it. And yeah, I will say that the show itself is quite digestible. So the main plot of it really, I mean, basically like if you're familiar with like sort of classic kind of D&D of like you have a an adventuring party of different characters who all all have their own like, you know, tragic backstories or lack thereof and stuff like that. It basically kind of sets up that premise right from the get go, where like we don't get, you know, they're they've got a group of seven characters seven there's uh <laughs> there's grog right there's, uh, there's grog keyleth scanlan keyleth scanlan pike vax, vax and vax, vax percy and on occasion trinket okay trinket is the bear trinket's the bear i love okay, trinket i wasn't counting it was that that number but <laughs> yeah it was it's, we don't it is get seven, like but trinket makes it eight okay Gotcha. We don't get any sort of, uh, like, immediate backstory as to, like, how all of them met. We just know that they're this group, and they call themselves Vox Machina, and they basically, uh, like, you know, are, are swords for hire. And, you know, we, we kind of open up with, like, a, a barroom brawl, just kind of, like, getting little snippets into the characters, like, actions and stuff to kind of establish their characters. And then the whole first two episodes are basically devoted to uh, them, like, taking on a job to fight this, like, mysterious creature that is, you know, threatening the realm or whatever, and it turns out to be a giant dragon. And throughout the first two episodes, you know, they're kind of, like, coming more together as a team, you know, sort of in lieu of that meeting each other kind of stage in a story and end up vanquishing the dragon uh, and become sort of de facto heroes of the realm. And they're given a house and basically set up to like continue doing like the kingdom's jobs or whatever. And then the rest of the season is, uh, it's a little strange the way that it's split up like this, but the rest of the season is devoted to one of the characters kind of backstories, Percy, who like his backstory was that like, uh, like his, his entire family was murdered. By vampires, yeah. Like, like, well, he... by a vampire, yeah. A, a, yeah. I, I didn't realize that till later that only the guy is a vampire and the girl is just the, the you know, his oh, wife wait. is just the one who yeah. brought him back. She, she's an, a witch necromancer type, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. She's I'm, not, I'm, she I'm, is I'm, not a vampire, which is why you can see her in the mirror reflection. Oh, uh, I, I, I'm dead, so I didn't even, <laughs> I, I thought <laughs> we, she was a vampire too. We, like, we literally do, I think, three or four different shots of making sure that it's like he's a vampire she's not Um, yeah i didn't really realize that until like the little backstory episode where they're like showing how she did it and then i'm like oh i guess she's just you know she's 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 like a necromancer (laughs) witch type i believe i mean necromancers can be vampires that's a treat yes but she she is (laughs) they're not not mutually exclusive yes okay yeah yeah because she only did it because she loved him so much she didn't want him to die um, and to live on without him. That was like the whole. So basically in, in Percy's backstory, he had been his, uh, he was like the prince of this, you know, kingdom. And then these vampire, well, vampire and not vampire came in <laughs> and basically took over the whole place, killed most of his family. Um, 
and he ended up getting away and then he ends up making some sort of deal with some dark entity and forges this uh this pistol and that's like you know he's he's a is he a warlock? Is that uh, his? I, I, I'm pretty class? sure that's a le- legally distinct uh, Eldrick Blast that he's backing right there. Well, he he uh, made his own class for oh, this. Okay. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because the rest of them were really easy to figure out. But yeah, um, and we can we can kind of run through the characters after you know. I, bit, yeah, I, I will say his was I believe like loosely based on like I believe a Pathfinder gunslinger. That gotcha. makes a lot of sense. And then re- they reworked and reframed it so that he could do something in D&D, to my recollection. Like warlock. Yeah, yeah, he seems like warlocky in nature yeah, just because yeah. of the whole I, demon deal. Yeah, he, he kind of has like a patron. But guy. I don't know what he becomes after, you know, Same. they I get rid of it. I don't remember. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so his whole backstory is is that basically. And then when they're at the dinner, they're at like a big dinner with the king, the 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 uh briar woods is what the the vampire and not vampire are called um they show up and then they end up getting into into a confrontation and then they go and basically rescue his uh home town kingdom whatever uh and there's obviously more to it than that that we can get into but like it's i I just thought it was important to emphasize like first two episodes dragon fight the rest of the the dragon is connected to the twins but they really maybe that's that. true but they don't really They're, i mean mm, it's basically no, yeah yes and no they're connected to maybe potentially the season finale thing um the mm-hmm. cliffhanger potentially yeah um but yeah for the most part the entire rest of the season is based on percy's backstory and also pike going on her own side quest of self-discovery um, yeah, that's the that's like the Which, key plot of the season. I got it. It sounds very clumsy the way it's set up, but it doesn't really like come across that way. Like I think it it flowed better than it feels like it ought to have. Yeah, and like you know our introductory season for these characters is like mostly focused on one out of seven of them, yeah. but they still find ways to like give everyone else their you know important yeah stuff yeah like happening. that's that's the thing with this campaign is the Briarwood arc. I want to say it was like 90 episodes, 90 hours of episode in the podcast. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah. So for them to condense it, like there was a lot that happened in that arc. It is a full arc of a thing. So it, it yeah. needed that amount of time to really tell that story. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like there is a lot of clunk in the story, but like I, it, it's clearly just because they're taking an improvised uh, story. Yeah. Like a story that was done on improv and then having to fit it in a three-act structure-shaped hole. Right. And, like, that, you know, that kind of thing works better in the context of, like, a D&D campaign, too, because, like, you can have sections of it that are more, like, focused on one character's thing while, you know, still giving time for everyone else to do their stuff, too. But before we get too deep into it, I do want to, you know, kind of quickly run through our characters and their, like, D&D classes. So we've got Percy that, you know, he's our warlock slash gunslinger type character uh we've got vex and vax who are the twins and i always forget which is which <laughs> <laughs> they even there's crack a joke uh, about gosh i always get it really they don't help their case because in their little intro thing he they like alternate they're like he's vex she's vax like they say the other person's oh name and it so i <laughs> i should know it by now i'm okay, pretty okay, okay. sure Be- Vex is Vexalia. The... Vexalia is Vex. She's yeah, yeah. Vex is the ranger. She's kind of the 
unofficial leader of the group just because yeah. she's the one who actually like tries to keep everyone on Percy track. thinks he's in the lead, but it's really her. Yeah. Like Vax, Percy thinks he's in charge. Yeah. <laughs> and doesn't want to be, but he thinks he is. Yeah, Vax, and Vax is, is the, the rogue. rogue. He's uh Vex's yeah. twin. He uh has a thing for uh He is a bisexual rogue and I love that for him. Yeah, no. Can't go wrong with the bisexual. <laughs> and they're rogue. both they're full elves or half elves? Half elves. Uh, and Percy is human. Can't fully say. <laughs> I don't know. But either way, yeah, that's that's them. Then we've got uh, Scanlan, who is a gnome. He's the bard. He's pretty much just there to like. He's comedic fuck relief and drink. Yeah, yeah. He's kind of the comedic relief. Like he, he's your typical like, uh, horny bard archetype. Yeah, yeah. Then we've got uh, Keyleth, who is the druid. Yeah, she's pretty typical, just like into nature bullshit. Yeah, you, <laughs> yeah. Know, you know, like the. Uh, shy demure but like also uh wants to do her best kind of character she and vax yeah. have like a thing for each other but she is also yeah. on a quest for like she has her own personal motivations that she has to like fulfill in order to return back to her her home family that's like her big thing is she's not fulfilling her destiny right yeah there's like a line of dialogue in the season about it I and mean, then there's like i assume you know going to get further into uh to further you know other characters backstories and motivations as it goes on um then there is pike who is also a she's gnome? she's also a gnome yeah paladin i believe and she's the oh paladin or i was is it assuming she's a cleric it's probably cleric yeah because she's like the healy boy paladin yeah. would be more like holy fighter kind of well, because she but does, yeah, she is a big, she is a fighty girl, but I, that's why my brain is always like, paladin, but you know, she's a cleric. And right, like, she had a whole part of the season where she kind of, you know, was like, like, after getting, like, poisoned by the Briarwoods or something, she was like, loses touch with her holy symbol, and then she has to, like, fuck off for a while and go, like, find herself. Which she had, she had been having problems with it prior to that inner encounter, and it just made it worse. Yeah. Right, and it was this whole thing where it's just like, oh, you know, you gotta, like, be true to yourself, and that doesn't necessarily mean being, like, holier than thou or whatever. Like, you, to be true to yourself, you really want to, like, you know, drink and fight with these group of rough-and-tumble idiots, and that's who you are, and, like, that's, that's like, was her whole, yeah. yeah. I really really do like her arc. It was one of my favorite parts of the show, actually. She was the one voice actor that, like, I definitely immediately recognized, uh, she's what? A, what else? She she's Tulip from uh from Infinity Train. Lauren Ash, I believe. Uh, Ashley Johnson. Ashley Johnson. Wow, I'm just my. It's been a while since I've been on this show, <laughs> so it's been my the names are all. Uh yeah, going. I mean I mean the one I recognized immediately were uh Laura Bailey who, who voices various characters, but the one I'm familiar with is Lucina from Fire Emblem and uh. Matthew Mercer, who uh, voices many yeah. things, particularly. I was wondering that. So in the in the in the original podcast, Matt Mercer is the um, the DM, right? Yeah. So I was wondering, like, how many characters he would be playing, because obviously they're not going to have him just play and everyone else uh, <laughs> like he would in the actual game. Yeah, he. I think he got his pick of people he wanted to play. Yep. Gotcha. And but they they had various particular people in mind for other roles, which was really cool. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, but the last member of the cast is Grog, and he's a barbarian. barbarian. 
giant? He's in in he's D- a half giant. Half giant. In in D and D, he's a Goliath, which are basically oh, like half. Oh yeah, Goliath. Uh, yeah, I was okay. like, but but like, I knew it was a different word, and I was like, what is the word? Because I know it. It's like yeah, it's a Goliath. But like in the uh, in in the actual uh, animated series, he they call him a giant because legal. Yes, legalese. yeah. There's a lot of that. That's also why it's <laughs> Scanlan's hand and not Mage hand. They also they do say at some point that he's part giant, right? Because then actual like giant giants do show up. Yeah, yeah. So like it, there's giant, implied yeah. that he, you know he, yeah. he's not like full giant, but but yeah. Uh, uh, on a tangentially related note, Matthew Mercer also voiced the English dub for uh, Jotaro Kujo from JoJo's Bizarre Adventures, thus oh, letting me Christ. shoehorn JoJo's Bizarre <laughs> inve- Adventure into everything and everything because it's, I, I, I don't know, it's got like a stranglehold on my mind for some reason. Anyways. Oh, and then Trinket is a bear, and that's also voiced by Matt Mercer. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I'm I, like I'm really interested in this idea though of like an adaptation of a real play podcast because like I mean other than that right like the Adventure Zone has comics and I I feel there, like there was they have talks a show like a works. while ago yeah that's what, I, I hadn't heard anything about it in like a couple of years but I thought you know I'm, I'm I think I, COVID I would... wait 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 yeah David Tennant is in this. Yeah, what? he plays Krieg. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like he played General Krieg. I'm like, oh. what? Yeah, he he was the dragon. Yeah, no, I just didn't huh. realize David Tennant was in this. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. We let him be Scottish and everything. I didn't even notice that. Also, cool. uh, the guy from Lord of the Rings, Merry or Pippin, I can never remember which one he played. Uh, the guy in Lost or the other one? Lost. Yeah. Yeah, he's Merry. Yeah, he he plays Archie. On on in uh, critical, he's really good. Which one is Archie? Is that um, the, the the friend of Percy, the guy who got tortured? Oh, and then slashed in half. Gotcha. Spoilers. Right. So yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, we can go a little bit more deeply into the. I mean, the Briarwood arc is really the majority of the season. Like basically, like after they they go down, they go to. Uh, I, I'm t- I keep forgetting the name of the actual place. What is the what is the place that the Briarwoods took over, like his home kingdom? Uh, Whitestone. Whitestone. Whitestone, yeah. right. I, I was about to is. say White Run. I'm like, no, that's Skyrim. <laughs> White Run is Skyrim. <laughs> this is but, this yeah. is a big test of my, my memory because it's been so long since I, I used to know everything so well. And then I it's been I have not been on this show in like almost a year now. Uh, did you not watch it? <laughs> I did. I watched it. But like, I still don't. It's, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. I move on. <laughs> so yeah they they go to whitestone and then they they end up discovering that there's like a resistance of like you know people in the town who are trying to uh take down the briarwoods and they also discover that uh that percy's sister who he thought was like gunned down in front of her actually survived and has been like held captive this like how it's been like what like 10 15 years or something like that yeah at least at least 10 so then, yeah, I mean, so the, like, the rest of it is, like, you know, it, it's, it's interesting in the way that it's set up, right? Because it's, like, basically, like, it does sort of read, like, D&D objectives and stuff like that, you know what I mean? Where, like, they, they jump from one thing to another, so it's, like, okay, you've got to accomplish this, and, like, though they have to, for trademark reasons, change all, the like, spells and stuff like that, 
a lot of it is still recognizable and there's still like it's interesting to watch something like this that is an adaptation of a D&D thing because it's like though yes obviously it's you know it's changed a lot for the adaptation and a lot of stuff was cut out there's still moments in it where you're where like something happens and then there's that feeling of like that was a critical failure or you know like a or like a 20 or a one like the you know for big moments like that that really feels like it. it's like oh you 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 got a nat 20 on that that thing right, right. there <laughs> no or, way you would have been able to normally do that <laughs> or like you'll have like moments where like one character will try something fail and like uh, immediately another character tries it and succeeds and it's like oh i i can see yeah. how like one guy like failed the role and the other except for succeeded. doors i was really yeah i was enjoying <laughs> the part where where like they were trying to they split the party up into two and one of the halves of the party was trying to break into the back door and the rogue was trying to pick the lock and he just kept failing at it over and over again until one yeah. of them just kicks the door in and i was just like shout out to uh <laughs> to one of the D campaigns that chowder and i were involved in where i was a rogue and i failed like 10 turns in a row to pick a lock and it was absolutely miserable like, like we, we were we were trapped in a room with a cowboy dragon and uh like he he was trying to <laughs> unlock the door to get out and uh you know we were all just fighting the dragon and uh uh it's yeah i i love those moments and getting to see that you can just feel it as a D player watching it you're like oh that's yeah. what happened yeah which is really cool that we were able to get that vibe yeah, and because, like, that's part of the fun aspect of D&D, right, is that, like, within reason, no matter what your character's skills or anything are, there's always a 1 out of 20 chance that you'll fuck up something that you should be really good at or just succeed at something that you have no right to be able to do. So, like, that, you know, that kind of, like, randomness of, like, oh, yeah, everyone is not, like a fucking superhero and some shit goes bad and like also sometimes you just fucking luck out like that's kind of the thing that that is really interesting that they were able to like actually communicate into uh into the show itself or is that something that's just sort of innate to uh to like role-playing games in general at least specifically D&D and like where that's like an advantage I, I feel like one disadvantage is like they can't quite story arcs or thematic arcs to line up like like in the first episode yeah. they'll be they'll be like there was like a moment where all the parties like like kicked out of the bar and they're all like why are we even together we're we're just a bunch of losers and it's like this still doesn't really mean anything to me because we just met you and uh it, yeah. make, it makes more sense in the context of D&D where one you probably spend more time with the characters and two you know, having the party stay together is something you would want, whereas... Right, whereas, like, all these characters, it's just, like, they, when they say that, you're like, yeah, why are you together? Because, like, that's part of the, like, the, the suspension of disbelief in, like, almost every D&D campaign, unless it's, like, real attention is paid to this, is that... The, the kind of core premise of this is like you have a bunch of characters who might not jive with each other, but they have to interact with each other because you're playing a game with your friends in real life. Right? And you have to give them kind of a reason for everyone to make to get together. In like a way. the fantasy reason is just like, yeah, why? Why are all these characters together? Like, especially like, you know, you're like looking at like, oh, Percy, who's kind of on this like vengeance quest and is like kind of a loner, like 
how did A get to B? Why are you in this group of seven people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Percy Percy being in that group is the the wildest of the calculations because it's like Pike and Grug are best buddies. Vax right, and Vex yeah. are siblings. Keyleth sure. needs yeah. help to figure out her quest, so she's joined a group of people, and this is who she's happened to join. Scanlan right. just wants to get his dick wet with somebody on yeah. the team. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it pays the bills to follow a band around and talk about how great they are. Yeah. You know? Right. So, like, bards are easy to, like, tag in. But, like, Percy, Mr. Broody Boy, why are you here? Oh, her name is Vex. <laughs> Uh, that's why yeah you think that you think that there's a thing i i I wasn't sure if that was just like if they were just trying to establish like a uh am i allowed to spoil the end of the entire actual campaign one sure yeah i guess so uh they get married and have lots of kids oh oh okay yeah Yeah, so because like they I was kind of wondering, because, like, uh, there's also, like, a bit of an implied thing between Pike and Scanlan, too. Which, like, the two, I, uh, I, I, I don't, gnomes. Like, I actually don't I, know how that turns out. Yeah, I'm <laughs> I'll not, be honest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they don't really interact all that much, despite, like, how the camera will, like, hold, in on, hold on them. Like, oh, yeah, they're totally a thing. And it's, like, at best, we get, like, Scanlan doing a bit of flirting, and then Pike being, like, eh, whatever. yeah. I, I yeah, but I mean, I I feel like it's just something that they're trying to like yeah you know lay the seeds for and then set up in a in a different season. Well, right. and that's that is something that I I think I can kind of talk about in terms of like they did have to alter stuff from the campaign to make stuff work for television. Right. Yeah. Like. Uh, yeah, I was wondering that too because like you know like in D and D campaigns like usually having like interparty romance is kind of a tricky thing that doesn't work yeah, out yeah but super like well. they, they do it they do it in the podcast and like it makes sense they're all yeah. actors they're more well, than used to sure yeah fake flirting with each other and you're also seeing them for six hour sessions so like this right, briarwood yeah. arc is a 90 hour arc yeah it would make sense for some of these characters to grow more attached to each other and grow feelings for each other in this arc but we've only seen them as viewers of the TV show for maybe three or four hours. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. You can't. You're not getting the connection emotionally to some of the moments that in the podcast may have landed and worked. So you have to rework how you're laying the seeds for a relationship differently than you would in a in a D and D session. Because that that was something we did actually have to like adjust and i don't know how many fans like kind of caught on to that because they that was the thing watching everyone who has seen the campaign see the show all of them going oh they changed this they did this and did this instead and i'm like (laughs) you guys remember yeah no shit (laughs) we also we like we we paid attention to a lot of it and made sure to like put care in all of it so that there's little easter eggs and stuff and like there's so much care in that transition for those people so that they can feel acknowledged of like, oh, this was intentional for you guys. We wanted you to pick up on these things. My first reaction would be to like, you know, oh, fuck off. Of course they had to change shit. But that being said, I also, you know, when I'm reading like the the Adventure Zone graphic novel, I'll be like getting to a page and be like, ah, oh, damn, I can't believe they changed that. Or I can't believe they cut that part out. So like, there's yeah. still, you know... I feel like that's that's true of any change yeah. of medium, though. So, 
Well, yeah, for sure. But I, it's just a it's a weird thing with, uh, you know, real play stuff in particular, because there's a lot of fluff in re- real play. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. And like, you know, fans I, care about that fluff. It's a there's another part of it. Yeah, there's a I, like I don't know how critical role is, but in terms of like some other real play podcasts, part of the charm of it is also not just the interaction between the characters, but the interaction between the players. And when you're just adapting the story, all of that sort of inherently gets cut out, which I think is kind of an interesting dynamic. Like, I don't, like, I don't, at Critical Role, I think that maybe they're a bit more just, like, staying in character all the time because they're they're actors. No, there, I, I there are know, moments but... where they break and have stuff, like, they, they, they do have that, but it's, it's not to the extent right. of probably your Taz's or... Right, whereas, like, with the Adventure Zone, it's like... I don't know, maybe like 60-40 in terms of like player or like, uh, you know, like mostly it's character stuff, but also there's just a lot of the, the McElroy's being family and stuff like that. Right. And, and and like a significant difference between like Critical Role and your average run-of-the-mill D&D campaign is that, well, they are performers doing a performance yeah. and thus they have to work within uh, that, whereas like in D&D, you know, there's just just uh, having a campaign for fun with your friends and like you're not like recording anything. It's like uh, you can just uh, do things like faff about or not progress things or right. Yeah, yeah. Crit- Critical does a bit of a good job of keeping the train on the tracks in that sense. Yeah, that they know you're here for the story more. Yeah, so. exactly. Like I think you know the the like that's one thing I can speak to experience in that. I do a real play podcast too, and it's just like, uh, yeah, I uh, sometimes where normally I just let the players do their thing, I gotta like be like, hey guys, we gotta we gotta keep it moving, you know? Yeah, and that you know that's a really difficult thing too. Like, I mean, like not speaking as someone who's done a podcast on it, but just like being a DM in general is like, you know, there's sort of a balance between like being able to kind of figure out like, okay, do the characters and the players just need more time to kind of progress this on their own? Or if we hit a wall and do you, and do I need to like step in and just like introduce something else to move it forward? Or just like, you know, it can be a a really tricky sort of a balancing act in terms of like, well, you don't want to just like railroad people and by pushing the next story point. But if, if we've gotten to a point where they're not, you know, progressing it on their own or or like if you haven't given them enough to kind of chew on, then it's like a hard line to walk. Yeah. And but then turning all of that into a show, you're kind of like, yeah, now you have all <laughs> these fans who may have really enjoyed some of those out of character moments where it's just the, the yeah. people talking and you can't inherently incorporate that always. Right, yeah. finding a way to, like, make sure that you keep those moments somehow that they really enjoyed, finding a way to work those in, because your fans do care about it, and they funded it, and you want to make sure that it's something they enjoy, while also making sure it's a good story for any newcomers. And it's a very fun balance to try and find. And, you know, it's interesting, too, because it's like it's not like that's an inherently impossible thing to do either. Like, I, I'm going to keep talking about this. So I'm sorry, but, you know, it's just the closest <laughs> thing I have to compare to it. But like the Adventure Zone graphic novels, right? Like they don't go so far as to like, you know, 
have whole panels devoted to like, you know, them sitting around a table or whatever, but they do have Griffin like as a, a character bubble, yeah. in the book pop in in a little bubble and like make comments and uh, and remarks based on like what the characters are doing and stuff like that like as a floating dm in the sky and kind of breaking the the fourth wall a little bit and that's like an interesting way to do that because it's like well at the end of the day if you're just adapting the story like you're definitely going to get all of the fun stuff from the characters and the play you know the player characters but you're not necessarily getting as much of the identity of the DM in this. Like they did that by incorporating, you know, Matt Mercer into the voice cast and having him voice several characters. And, you know, at the end of the day, it all it's all his DNA because he's the one who like wrote and managed the story. But they, they also had a really cute touch that I don't know if you guys noticed in pretty much a majority of the episodes towards the later end where there's less random characters milling about. He's not there, but we generated a bunch of different designs of Matt Mercer. Oh, that's great. Oh so he just like pops up in the background. So a lot. like the guy who took their weapons for the party at that mm-hmm. little desk, that was Matt Mercer. <laughs> the guy who got peed on by Scanlan in episode one, that was Matt Mercer. <laughs> just, you know, a lot of just he's in the background randomly because, well, it's it's his world. He created it. So he's just there. I love that. Um, that's that's you, really funny. Yeah, and like for those who know, they know, but otherwise it's just this random dude. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, you know, it's an interesting thing too because like there's like, I, I feel like it's it's frankly even, it's like in some ways less of a jump, but in some ways way more of a jump to like, you know, adapt a real play podcast into like a watchable piece of media than it even would be like adapting like a book into, you know, a show or, or a movie. Or even just like a radio show. I mean, there have been ad- adaptations right, of yeah. radio shows into ooh, film or TV, but, uh, you know, with like a real play podcast, again, it's very improvised and thus it doesn't quite follow a uh, structure the way uh, You'd TV series, yeah. So like, you kind of have to like figure out what's important, what's not, and also where where's a good place to end an episode. Exactly, like, <laughs> right? Because that's that was that's a big thing in general. For it's it's like okay, this really works to tie into this section, but maybe it doesn't need to be in this episode. Maybe we can put it in the right, next yeah. episode. Um, and that kind of. I stuff. mean, another like another interesting thing about it too is that like when you're writing a narrative whether it be like for you know a book or a movie the characters are whatever you need them to be and can be as present or not present as you need them to be but part of the dynamic of a real play podcast like even if it is something that is done for entertainment there still is this dynamic of the dm has to give every character kind of a fair share and a role to like so that the player is still having fun because like i mean even like that's certainly how it is when you're just playing with your friends but like when you're even when you're doing like an entertainment thing right like if one of the characters just is not getting enough to do and is not having fun like that's also going to come across to the lead, to like the people listening right so there is sort of this dynamic of like even though there's this whole story that's based on Percy's backstory and there are some characters like like Scanlan or Grog who are a bit more comic relief they still get a lot to do and it's it, it like it kind of reads that it's like okay, one of these players might be more invested in, like, exploring their backstory, and one of these players might just want, like, a lot of things to punch, you know? (laughs) And both of that kind of comes across, where it's just like, 
the, the Percy is a more important character in the story of the, the first season, but it doesn't feel like, you know, any of the characters really are just like left out from getting to do stuff and have moments and, you know, even get like lines that explore their backstory and motivation and stuff like that. So it's, it's an interesting sort of dynamic. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I do, I do have a question for you guys. Yeah, go ahead. Based on where we end season one, what would you guys want to be the next progression for season two? Are there characters you wish we saw more of? Or is there backstory that you were like, ooh, I want to know that? I sort of want a season to be like devoted to, if not each character, but like, you know, like we could have... Like, this was sort of a Percy and sort of a Pike season, right? So, like, having a season that is a bit more, I don't know, split up between, like, two different characters or three different characters, like, so that they each kind of get their fill of, like, character arcs and motivations and stuff like that. In a big, like, sort of ensemble cast, like, that would be cool to see, like, you know, each season kind of focuses on someone different. Yeah, uh, I I think the twins, like, kind of had their thing rushed a little because, like, you know, in, yeah. in the first two episodes, it's like, oh, a dragon killed our mother. And, uh, oh, hey, there's the dragon that killed our mother. Let's kill it. And they kill oh, it. Oh, that's and, not the dragon that killed their mother. That, yeah, oh, no, it wasn't. That's oh, that not was? the dragon that killed their oh. mother. Yeah. So, like, that's how it read <laughs> to me, where it's just like, where it's just like, okay, they have a backstory that has not been delved in yet. But then also, coincidentally, we are also going to do a dragon thing. And, you know, uh, Vex has, like, certain ranger skills that are based on hunting dragons, so that incorporates and it's relevant, but this is not their... Yeah, that that is not you know, their... Briarwood story. Uh, okay, yeah. that's that's just, like, the ranger uh, favorite enemy thing, not, like, actually, like... Some right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that is, yeah. It wasn't Killed my mom dragon, detector. it was gotcha. just a dragon. Got- yeah. Okay, gotcha. I mean, yeah, I guess I would want to see, like, uh, stories for... Uh, the other characters i guess uh i think like scanlan and uh grog like if you don't want the characters to get old might need a little more to flush them out but uh you know i i I get how like if you're adapting a thing that already exists you may not be able to do that but yeah that's all that's good to know right and like (laughs) what like you're fucking writing it (laughs) shut up No, I, I'm I'm basing it off of what I know of season two, so I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, um, <laughs> we'll see if it lines up. <laughs> but um, yeah, because well, that's the thing too is like not every character, even in a D and D campaign, has like a full arc or anything like that. Sometimes there are just characters that are just like very present throughout, you know. Which is how I feel a bit more like Scanlan feels like, okay, there's probably some stuff there. And they're probably, you know, like in the original campaign, and I'm sure there was some stuff devoted to to Grog and his thing. But really feels like it wouldn't feel like it was doing the character a huge disservice if there was never like anything about him. And he was just always there. Yeah, it's, it's you know, it's hard to say really without having a having listened to the whole, you know, it, right. I will say after watching this, it does make me want to go like absorb the original material to like spot the differences and get basically an expansion of this show you know because like obviously yeah. with uh you know the one so twelve episode <laughs> season is basically for like a 90 episode or a 90 hour kind of thing right it'd be cool to like you know get an expansion of that that's why that's why i generally like going book then movie <laughs> yeah i i will say briarwood arc the first half of it is a very different arc fair 
I, I meant to say movie, then book is what I meant to say. It didn't make any sense. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I was, just, I was just curious, like, because, like, that is kind of the question of, like, where do you go next? And so, yeah. like, as a viewer, I just was curious what you guys would have wanted to, who you were interested in knowing more about and that kind of stuff. Because it's just, it's important of, like, oh, if we don't want to hear more about Percy, cool, maybe don't do more about Percy. <laughs> but, right. uh, you know... I mean, it's like, uh, you know, I want to know more about uh, Kaleth, but, like, it's clear that they're going to focus more on Kaleth soon, so... Yeah. Yeah, like, I I feel like that doesn't really need to be said. Yeah, I I guess that's kind of, like, the problem with, like, something that's only got, like, one season. It's like, I want this. Well, it's going to come. Just wait a little bit, you know? Like... Right, yeah. Yeah, people are like, they didn't explain this, and it's like, yeah, because they're clearly going to explain it later. Yeah. Or they're hoping they get more seasons to be able to explain it later. And it feels like, you know, judging by the popularity of the, uh, you know, the Kickstarter and how fast that blew up from being like a two episode thing to a 12 episode thing. And then Amazon taking on like a second season sort of feels likely that there's going to be more to come afterwards if it, you know, still keeps getting just like generally positive support. I was really happy to see how well it did on like Rotten Tomatoes and stuff like I would yeah I that was the one thing I was worried about was like we're making a really cool dope show god I hope people like it <laughs> yeah and also it's like a very adult fantasy uh, when I say adult I don't that's uh, but uh it, yeah it's, it's, it's a it's mature rating yeah it's a mature yeah. <laughs> rating yeah. and it's a fantasy yeah. and it's an action series it those do not survive long right <laughs> yeah so like it, it, I, I was personally very nervous when i was like we're, we're we're going for gore we're going for for boobs okay sure <laughs> like if this was like a low budget sitcom kind of thing oh yeah sure we'll get like 20 seasons but like an action series uh an action high fantasy, animated an action yeah. animated high fantasy yeah no but <laughs> So often we'll like see things that stray too far from the familiar get killed in the cradle. Like, man, I- I'm yeah. I'm still like upset about Infinity Train being canceled. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's Infinity Train's not even like the weirdest recent kids show either. Like, there's other stuff like Gravity Falls and Steven Universe that like gets even darker in some ways than Infinity Train. No, no, I um, I think Infinity Train. I mean, Infinity Train does get pretty dark. Yeah. <laughs> Infinity Train yeah. does outdark those. Like, the reason it got canceled wasn't because of, like, lack of success. Like, people are very devoted to it. It, like, brought in a lot of people to HBO Max. The reason it got canceled is because there wasn't really a good kid entry point, quote-unquote. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, the the world of animation is really tough to keep your show going yeah. Yeah. unless you're The Simpsons... Or <laughs> I mean, we have gotten we have gotten like a few more recent examples of like kind of you know adult animated shows having fairly successful mainstream presences like Invincible like I see a lot of people talking about oh you know, yeah Invincible yeah. when it was coming out the big question though is are we gonna get past the three season and a movie yeah issue? exactly yeah. or or like not not an adult series but like uh, the Owl House really good fantasy series. The third season it has been cut in half, and it is ending kind of prematurely. Like, they've Oof. been warned ahead of time and thus are able to, like, actually, like, try to wrap things up. But, like, 
they made it clear this is not how they planned it. Yeah, I, I, it's like a, it's like a bigger, larger issue than just the critical role of it yeah. all. But yeah, so I don't I don't want to shoot too far from critical role. But that is like I would I would love for this show to be able to beat the three seasons in a movie uh, curse. Yeah. <laughs> Although you know, I will say like it's a bit of a, a gift and a curse in some contexts though, because like sometimes. Like, as long as you have enough episodes, which 12 arguably isn't. But they are 20 minutes. Yeah, but, like, three seasons is not so short, you know? Whereas just, like, I'd rather, you know, it do that than, like, just exist until it just gets bad and doesn't isn't funny anymore. I want it to have the number of seasons it needs to tell the stories it needs to tell. Yeah, exactly. Like, with Owl House, I fully expect for them to have to, like, rush through things because... Season yeah. three has been chopped in half. Is season three also the last season of of uh, Amphibia? Do we know that yet? Yeah, season three is the yeah. last season of Amphibia, yeah. Three seasons, man. Three seasons. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, I know all about three seasons. Every, like, every fucking Transformers show has three seasons. It's, like, always, like, a thing. Or it's just, like, okay, yeah, this is when kids get a little bit less interested and toy sales start going downhill and it- <laughs> i also think it's a legal thing where it's like after three seasons you gotta like yeah. start paying people more or whatever or uh, something like yeah, that that would make yeah. sense uh i don't or or may- i don't know enough of it i yeah. do know you're supposed to get a pay bump with every season which has its own problems which when- they get around by like paying people for one season and then taking that season and just releasing it <laughs> yeah. in two parts and saying oh yeah oh you mean like cuphead oh my god oh yeah i like cuphead yeah, exactly that, that is exactly nuts. what i was thinking of yeah yeah i can't talk too much about all of this i do still work in the industry <laughs> right yeah man i really miss the days of 25 episode 24 minutes you know, or like 24 minute episodes, 25 episode seasons of things, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, Although I, even, even back then, like, I think, I think it might've been even worse back in the day. Fair. Yeah. Where like, yeah. Companies didn't just like stop shows at three seasons. They had a hard rule about stopping yeah. shows at three seasons. Well, and it was also like for like SpongeBob's and stuff. It's like, you're, you're building them as like the 15, 11 or like the, it's like an 11 minute episode well, for a 15 yeah, minute sure. time slot that you just combine to. So you're actually doing like 40 episodes right they turn out to be 20 kind of a thing yeah Uh, (laughs) you like look at shows like steven universe where like the first season is like a third of the total runtime out of a five season show (laughs) that that tends to that tends to be what they do is they order a lot for a season one yeah and then see how it goes and then they'll do smaller seasons after that is kind of another new trend right yeah it's all wild but either way (laughs) critical role or the Legend of Vox Machina, I should say, since it's you know yeah. that's like its official title. It's it's uh it's a lot of fun. Critical Role, comma um, the Legend of Vox Machina. Yeah. Colon. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, colon, not comma. Um, but yeah, no, it's a it's 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 fun, and and like it, you know, uh, like it, it would have been nice, I think, you know, if I'd had the time to kind of like catch up a little bit on Critical Role before before doing this, so that you know we'd have someone who could like share that perspective but from coming in and just getting it you know vanilla as like a story in and of itself i think it's a lot of fun and it does make me kind of excited to see you know the adaptation of like even other like role play podcasts that uh that i am more familiar with the source material with like you know 
I'm really excited for whenever we get hear more about it, that fucking uh, Adventure Zone animated series, because I love the graphic novels and Adventure Zone is my shit. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's really opening a door for a lot of new fun adaption of content right yeah because also like the, i mean just in general like the real play podcast has been a thing that has kind of like blown up out over the past like what 10 years or so yeah yeah because you know it's it's kind of a i mean it you know not to say that it's easy but it's a it's a easy kind of thing to like do where it's just like okay this is something that is going to inherently be kind of interesting the barrier for entry is low in like real play podcasts so like right which is not to say that there isn't a lot of work that goes into it but that and it's easy to do lots of content yeah because it's like you know an arc is going to last at least x number of episodes so you, you you know you're not hurting for content in the way that you are with some of the other types of podcasts right and, you know, as like on the pressure as like a, you know, a, because it is this sort of like collaborative writing experience, there's less of a, you know, immediate like pressure of like, oh, shit, we have to keep doing this podcast. I have to write more content. You know, it's like, well, you do still have to come up with, you know, your story points as a DM or whatever. But you can also just, just like, like throw ninjas at people and be like, yeah, that's the episode today. <laughs> right. Exactly. And And like, just be like hey, like, you know, I'm going to leave it to the players for a little while to kind of make this interesting. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to do a Monster of the Week because I'm tired. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, do you, anything else you guys want to say about it? I mean, we, I do want to, I don't know exactly what questions to ask you, Jocelyn, or what you're allowed <laughs> to answer, but uh, I do want to get a bit more of, like, your experience. Yeah. Like, working on it. Like, I, yeah, I don't. It, I, I know so little about how the industry actually operates, especially in like in terms fair. of what you do. That I I don't know the right things yeah, to ask. But yeah, um, so what I can kind of say is that like I unfortunately didn't get to work with a lot of the main cast, like the the OT eight mm-hmm. team, um, but a lot of my meetings consisted of Sam, Rigel, Travis. And, God, what is his name? I feel bad for forgetting his name. He's not one of the voice actors. He's more of a behind-the-scenes guy. Those were, like, our three EPs that were in a lot of meetings. And were those people who were involved in the original? Yeah, like... so Sam, Sam is Scanlan, Travis is Grog. Oh, oh, I see. Gotcha. Um, And then, I feel so bad for forgetting his name. Um, What is... I feel so bad for forgetting his name. Brandon. His name is Brandon. Uh, <laughs> no, I didn't just there look you that go, up. Um, but um, <laughs> yeah, Brandis, Sam, and Travis, um, even if they were the only three in the meetings, we always would send it to the rest of the crit team. Brandon Amen. So they always got to like, yes. Yeah. Uh, so we, we would always send it to them so that like they all did get a say, um, which was kind of cool, like having all. Of them be like, oh, we really like how this episode looks. is really fun. That's interesting too, because it's like, like how often do the voice actors really get to be like also kind of the writers, right. you know? <laughs> like having that. Uh... It was it was really wild having Sam and Travis in all of these meetings because they do know some of the industry. They've worked on the voice acting side. They've worked on that and directing. Like I think Sam's been a voice director for. The new DuckTales, I think he worked on for like vocal directing. Mm -hmm. So they know that side of it and they know writing. 
And then for them to come in a post and they're just like, we're just amazed that it's moving. So. (laughs) (laughs) My God, he's walking. It looks amazing. You're making it even more amazing. Thank you. Uh, That was like, it was really cool because they were like, we know stuff, but we don't know everything. So we trust you guys and your team. Yeah. Like, like voice acting is different from like, you know, live action acting in that like, uh, you know, we have like the image of like the actor coming up to the director with the script in hand being like, I I I like how, how this is going. But like, here's my spin on things. Whereas in voice acting, that's not really the case. Like it is a very, very professional kind of. You got a job to do. You're told what to do and how to do it. You do it. Yeah, it's it almost feels like you know, like part of the because like part of the whole selling point of voice actors is like how malleable you are too. So yeah. it's like really like oh, you have to be the exact character that this you know that they have in mind or whatever. And of course, you add your own you know sort of like personality to it. But like it's more so like okay, this is like really concretely like the you know the animator's idea of like what this character is and does, yeah like you know? you're you're kind of like the paintbrush for someone else rather than like crafting right. the character yourself yeah yeah and i i, right, I think yeah. it did help that they've had a lot of other experience on the other aspects of it so it wasn't like they they knew what they were doing for most of it and it was it was really nice working like working on critical role i do have to say has probably been one of the best jobs that i've had yeah no i mean everyone mm -hmm. knew what they were doing we were a really well-oiled machine (laughs) like it was it was a very fun show to get to work on it was the least stressed i've been on a lot i've been very stressed on some shows in the past and right and like this was not one of like it was a fun time because there, there really is something to be said about, like, the the main people sort of, like, fully in charge of this are also the people who know what it's like to be the person who's just given orders, you know what I mean? Whereas, like, because the voice actors are the one who's, like, you know, are ultimately kind of the ones who have the creative vision, right? It's just like, well, yeah, who knows the character better than the voice actor who originally played this character, you know, and invented it from their own head. <laughs> but they were also very willing to be, like... Oh, this animator is a very good animator. I trust them to animate them. Right. To, like that there was a lot of trust involved that I don't yeah, think yeah, is yeah. usual for some t- some EPs come in and don't know anything and are still just as controlling even though they don't know the process. And so right, yeah. for these guys to come in and be like, "Oh, yeah, no, I trust this team. I trust what they're capable of. We know and we believe in who we hired to do the jobs that we hired them to do. And we know they'll knock it out of the park. And then they did. <laughs> that was a really cool aspect was just seeing people be trusted for their talents was really nice. The amount of support that they gave and the amount of like reassurance of like, no, you guys are great at what you do was just a really nice thing that it was like during a pandemic when you're working from home and you don't actually yeah, right. get to be in the room <laughs> with people a lot. It was still a very welcoming environment, which was really cool. Well, good shit. Just did want to say that because that was fun. They, I'm trying to think of like cool, fun stuff that we like did. I do kind of want to, do you, do you guys remember the fight uh, with Scanlan on the roof with uh, Stonefell? Yeah. Yeah, like after he just like against all odds goes, goes and like fucks up the whole house. Yeah, when he like, shoots a laser from his dick <laughs> that one yeah 
we we so wanted to make it a, a balls joke and have two orbs start oh my god the explosion but we we did not um we we decided against it but that was a really fun we, we talked too much about doing it like um, i will say you guys got a lot of mileage out of scanlin and his ability to turn anything into an innuendo like my god oh. and like it is like an innuendo a minute it is incredible and and i think it helped having sam in the room for a lot of it because he he would pitch it and we'd all go you're right <laughs> We should do it. And then and then he's like, guys, no, I didn't mean to do it. I just I was just I was just having fun and we're like, no, we should it's do it. Too, and he's like, no, 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 no. And we're like, no, we should do it. <laughs> <laughs> and so like there was a couple of those kinds of moments where like we're all like, should we do it? Nah, should mm, mm, should we? Yeah, let's do it. Like there was a lot of those fun moments where it was like just random pitches to add levity to a moment and having us kind of go oh yeah we have the time to get that done might as well let's mm-hmm. do it um so that was that was kind of fun but yeah that was i think having s- literally scanlin and grog in meetings was yeah super helpful a lot of the times too because it helped make sure we were getting the characters right <laughs> right yeah definitely right because like just like it, it's an interesting because like the original medium is an audio medium. Yeah, I mean, they've got the YouTube videos, but it's just them sitting around a table. They don't yeah. have the visuals for, like, how the characters actually move or whatever. It's just something that has to feel right to the way that they act, which is a, you know... I mean, I guess that's not unique to this. That's also, I guess, the case with, like, books and shit. But y- you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, unless there's anything else you guys want to bring up, I think that's probably a good time to uh, move over to the ratings. Thank you both for a very fun discussion. It was, uh, Jocelyn, it was really cool to get some of your insights as someone who actually, like, you know, worked on part of this. Um, Now we're going to be moving on to the rating section where we're going to rate the topic on a scale from one to ten. Dick jokes. (laughs) One to ten dick jokes. Uh, One to ten. I don't even... I don't have any good fucking ideas for this. Usually there's like something that's like, well, that's stupid. But... One to ten nat 20s? Yeah, I like that. Uh, one to one to ten uh, critical rolls, I guess, technically, right? One to ten critical hits, 20s. <laughs> so yeah, uh, one, one to ten uh, natural 20s, I guess, is what we're, we're going with. Uh, yeah, Chatter, how did you feel about this? Yeah, no, I think this is a pretty darn solid show while like i feel like the pacing can suffer i think that's like a almost inevitable result of it being part of like a very long serialized improvised series but like again it manages to like really make the characters likable and you do want to like know more about them which is perhaps the thing they need to nail the most because this is an ensemble cast where like the main draw is the characters more than anything else because the setting is really just there for them to do their thing right and like the action scenes are like pretty darn good man like they're they're like well choreographed well shot yeah no i'm gonna give it like a seven out of ten very solid very good nice want to see more nice jocelyn obviously you're biased but how do you feel (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I have to play this real careful. <laughs> um, no. Uh, One out of ten, it sucks. Fuck this show. <laughs> it's no. a critical failure. No. Uh, 
Um, I, so it's, it had been a while since I watched the show. I work on post, so I see the finished product like pretty heavily, right, yeah. but it had been a while since I had, cause we finished it and I had moved on to other things. So it had been a while since I had seen a lot of those episodes and mm-hmm. it was really nice to get to watch it kind of as if I was a first time viewer for once. Uh, normally right. I'm in my projects pretty heavily up until when they air, so it's all still really fresh. So getting to see it pretty much as like a new viewer was really awesome and really cool because I forgot half of the plots <laughs> that were gonna happen. Um, <laughs> so it was really, it was fun. I really enjoyed it. Some of the gore still gets me, still is a little too much. Yeah, it, it, it is a little excessive. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I like and like hyper violence. It's stuff, a it's yeah. stylized and I, I get it. It's cool. Just some of it, I was like, ooh, wow, we did that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, m- meanwhile, like my favorite shot is when the head goes onto the tree in episode two. Uh, it's just like the yeah. guy's like knocked over in his head. That that's my favorite shot. So like, who am I to talk about too much gore? <laughs> but um, <laughs> so like, I I think I give it like an eight and a half out of ten because there's there's certain things here and there where like I'm like, eh, we probably could have done this better. But that's purely from me going. I wish I could have done certain things differently. I, I mean, I think that's just the inevitable yeah. outcome of just like making something. You will always Working you will anything. yeah you always want yeah. it to be better. It could always be improved somehow. Yeah. You you will always look at your thing and be like, ah, no, this flaw. And like, it'll be like one pixel that nobody's yeah. going to notice or even care about. One frame is wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. In terms of how I feel about it, I, I always say that like, I mean, just talking about it as a show and not in its like relation to critical role, I, I found it more digestible than like a lot of like other recent, like the one that actually reminds me of it the most, like partially because the animation style is pretty similar and then also it's got the whole thing with the gore and it's also fucking on amazon is invincible and like where i feel like that show really takes the goriness as like a feature of like shock value this show sort of feels like it doesn't really like it it doesn't really make the gore a feature where it's just like it's accented moments but the whole plot isn't like conceptually gory if that makes sense you know what i mean whereas like invincible tries to like go out of its way to make things like real fucked up you know whereas like this show is just like oh yeah these are a bunch of good boys having a bunch of good times and also they fight stuff so of course it's going to be a little bit gory and part of that i'm sure is translated from matt mercer painting word pictures right it's like you have to be kind of graphic with some stuff because you have to be like extra graphic to get that point across to players who aren't seeing things as they happen you know so I feel like it works pretty well. I'd probably land somewhere in that uh, in that seven to eight range as well. Um, I'd say like it, it sort of feels like you know like while this season had a completed arc, the fact that it was like just based on like one of the characters' backstories sort of feels like we're not getting like even a full resolution of like a full season if that makes sense yeah that's because fair. it's like well we know that we're going to be focusing on more of these people because this isn't the percy show so it feels like i'm looking at a you know yet completed project are we are we sure it's not the percy show <laughs> he looks like the main character he, he does give off main character vibes <laughs> he is like shonen protagonist kind of dude he is anime yeah. main boy <laughs> No, he's, he's but he's not, not even like 
when we're not doing the scenes that are like specifically pertaining to his family or whatever, like he's not even the most present character. Oh yeah, you know? yeah. He's off brooding somewhere. Well, he's more like the rival to the main character, if nothing else. Like the Sasuke <laughs> to his Naruto. Yeah, true. The Vegeta to his yeah. Goku. Oh my god. <laughs> he even does the Naruto run. Oh, oh my god, he does. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, I, I like the show a lot. I, again, like you guys said, like I feel like all the characters are pretty compelling, even the ones that didn't get as much like attention this season. And uh, I'm pretty excited about where it's going. So I'd definitely be excited when uh, when the next season comes out. But uh, yeah, I think that's uh, a good place to wrap it up. Uh, thank you for listening to the Common Geeking program. Again, I have been your host, Jeff Levitt. Uh, if you want to find me anywhere, uh, I do a toy review channel on YouTube. That's Alchemist Prime Reviews. That's about it, at least right now. Uh, and again, I've been joined by Chowder and Jocelyn. Uh, would either of you have things you want to toss out there? Yours are much more relevant, both yeah. of you. <laughs> Hi, I'm uh, Timul Chaudhary, or Chowder, whichever you prefer. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Timul underscore Chowder. You can also find me on our sister podcast, Dice Populi, which is, in fact, a real play D&D podcast where we are currently in a story arc of my creation. Uh, yeah, no, I, I make Matt Mercer look... Uh, uh, I can't even joke. <laughs> joke, no, Matt. You guys do have a very good podcast, though. I will yeah, say, like, so it's, thanks. it's yeah. definitely worth a listen. Yeah, Jocelyn, wh- what are you? What are you doing for the fucking Dice Populi group? You got those in connections with working on Critical Role. Now you've got to get <laughs> Dice Populi and Amazon series next. Don't tempt me. <laughs> Fuck. That would be amazing. I keep fucking screwing up the names because they're both weird fucking Latin things. Vox Machina and Dice, Dice Populi. Populi. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. (laughs) But yeah, I'm I'm proud of what's been done. So give it a watch when you can, but or listen when you can. Listen, yeah, yeah. A watch ten years in the future, maybe. 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 (laughs) Probably not. No. And Jocelyn. Yeah, I'm Jocelyn. I'm not gonna get give out my Twitter because I've just been very pro animation union right now, and that's just not fun for anyone to have to deal with if you don't want to fight the fight. So, uh, (laughs) but please watch uh, Critical Role. Uh, Legend of Vox Machina on Amazon Prime, uh, Mau Mau Heroes of Pure Hearts on HBO Max, and maybe more soon to come. We'll find out. Uh, those are my two my two big ones that I like to the plug because they're really fucking great. Yeah, really, I gotta I fucking I watched the first few episodes of Mau Mau a long time ago, and I just kind of fell off of it. I've really got to pick that back up. It is a fun time of cat samurai goodness. Yeah, no, Mau Mau's just uh, it's a fun time. I don't know, I just yeah. think it's very cute. <laughs> It is adorable. I mean, who doesn't love a cat <laughs> fighting and True. being angry? But uh, yeah, so that that's us. Our next episode is going to be another common briefing program where we focus on the uh, the geek news of this month, and that will be on what episode? What we're okay? Where this is for March right now? That will be on the first Friday in April. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot I what month it, it was currently, uh, and that'll be oh shit. Oh, fuck. Our next briefing program is on April Fool's Day, April 1st. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yes. I almost want to do a gimmick episode where we don't even cover actual news. We just bullshit everything. Oh, fuck. Yeah, we've got to well, we'll, we'll we'll talk, talk about, about that. Yeah, but, uh, to, yeah. yeah. And then our uh, our next our next regular Common Geeking Program episode where we do another deep dive on a different topic will be uh, on or about the third Friday in April, which will be the, the 15th. So look forward to both of those things. 
Um, but uh, yeah, thank you all for listening and subscribing and sharing and everything that you do. And we will talk to you next time. Ciao. Bye. Der. Common Geeking program is hosted by Jeff Levitt, joined this episode by Timul Chaudhary and Jocelyn Barkenhagen. This episode is sponsored by my cat relentlessly meowing outside my door. He just won't shut up. The podcast is created and produced by Colin Ketchen and Jeff Levitt and features original music by Colin Ketchen. This episode was edited by me, Jeff Levitt, as well as Time Old Chotary. We'd love for you to stay engaged with us on social media at Geeking Program or by using hashtag CGP. If you want to know more about us and all of our other projects, head over to commongeekingprogram.com. Stay in touch, stay tuned, and as always, thank you for listening to this. I just don't get it. He just does this. There's not even anything wrong. Today, he started at 1.45 a.m. Daddy just wants a little alone time, and this motherfucker won't shut up. Come and be.